0: EAM is a podcast that proves women can still be strong and influential while being godly and humble. EAM streams anywhere you listen to your music and podcasts. If you like what you hear, visit our website, emisher.wixsite.com for more resources. All right, welcome back to our, what, third now episode of this series. And last week we talked about the kind of beginning part of a relationship, you know, that that part of when you're single, so not a relationship yet, but then we also talked a little bit about, you know, that one person or having those thoughts of getting into a relationship. Today, um, we are graced by a very special guest that I'm so excited to introduce um, because she, like last week's guest speaker, was also our Sunday School teacher. She left a huge impact on all of us. She 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 puts a smile on your face, to say the least. We are joined by Maria Hanna now, and, um, and we're so pleased. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm honored and blessed to be here. Maria is going to grace us and tell us a little bit about what a healthy relationship look like, looks like. So we're done with the singleness portion. We think we found the one, whatever that means to each person. And we're going to talk about what it looks like to have a healthy relationship. What are some red flags? Um, that's big. And we're going to kind of go through that stage. So, Maria, starting us off here, what are some signs of a healthy relationship? I think it's it's what I might say might shock a lot of people.
1: Uh, I remember when I first got into a relationship with John, and I went to my father of confession. And my father of confession knew John. And I apparently looked like I was on cloud like 100. And he basically told me to get off cloud 100. <laughs> and he's like, that's not good. Um, like you shouldn't be on this high uh, at this beginning. Like that's okay that there's obviously this chemistry, but he he basically taught me at that point that that's not healthy, that I'm really going to be just blinded and just kind of just ignoring a lot of things if I'm constantly on this high. Um, so I think a healthy relationship is when you're both real with each other. Um, and when you're walking into a relationship, uh, maybe you're not going to be talking about this with your, you know, whoever this partner might be, but you have to really talk to yourself. And I remember having this conversation with myself, like, no, I want to be real. I want John, who's now my husband, um, I want John to really get to know me there's not, I'm not going to do any of this like facade or anything like that. N- yeah, I like him, but at the same time, we're talking about marriage, man. We're talking about the biggest commitment of your life. Career, you could change. Homes, you can change. Friends, you can change. Everything, man, even family, you step away from, but your husband, you're stuck. So like you have to, if you want to have a healthy relationship, you have to be real with yourself. And you have to have that mindset, I think, going in like, no, I need to really examine myself and examine this person to see if we are going to be compatible when it comes to marriage.
0: So what do you define as real? Or what were you doing before that didn't seem real versus what you started doing after when you had that like internal conversation with yourself?
1: Um, I think at the beginning... Um, especially when I was John, because like you said, like you you may have this your eye on a particular person. So when it when it turned out being John and you know, he approached me and all of that started playing out, I think to me, I was not being real with myself because I was too excited about the idea of marrying him when I didn't even go on my first date with this guy. You know what I mean? I knew John, you might know this person as like a friend, I might even dare say a close friend, which I'm totally against, but that's a different story. Um, You might have that, but marriage is a whole different ball game. Getting to know them um, for the purposes of this lifelong commitment is a whole different ball game. So I was walking into it initially like super excited and I've already made up my mind that I'm marrying this guy when I didn't know anything about this guy. Really, at the end of the day, what I got to know about John, like in comparison to what I did know, was nothing like it paled in comparison. So when we're too excited and I feel, unfortunately, I don't want to say as Egyptians, as immigrants and immigrant girls, And when this special person comes along, we get really excited and khalas, like, oh, our parents are gonna get off our backs, and our friends are gonna get off our backs, or we're gonna join the rest of our friends who are in committed relationship, and we get excited about all these things that might potentially happen. That we then lose track of who we are and who this person is. So I really sat down and had that conversation. We're like, forget it. And I think after I spoke to my father of confession, and he kind of like really shut me up, that's when I decided. I'm like, you know what? We're going to go completely down low, not because I care about my reputation, not because of anything else, because I wanted to get to know him and I wanted him to get to know me without anyone else's opinion, including my family. Like It was not my direct family, Um, but I really just didn't want anyone else's opinion and I didn't want to get caught up in that
0: idea, if that makes sense. So when did you start allowing your family... When oh, did man. you start opening up to family and friends? When a ring came on my finger. No hmm.
2: way. Mm-hmm. How did you do that? That's so hard. <laughs> it is hard, but
1: I think it's only hard. Girls, I want us, again, everyone has different perspectives, but I want us to be honest with ourselves and really think how many of your friends, and I, I maybe you don't want to think about your own friends. I'll think about my own friends who got into relationships you know, were on the download for like a month or two, and then became super social and public very quickly.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then the second they actually got into a commitment, when a ring came on their finger, how quickly that engagement dissipated. Like I, I, I could think five of my friends who literally the second the ring came on their finger, although they were dating for a year, for two, for five, the second a ring came on their finger, a month or two, it, they break up. Why is that? Like, you have to think of wonder. Why, why does that happen? Again, is it like, like the external pressure? And not external pressure. Now it's real. Mm-hmm. Now things become real. The external pressure, I believe, is actually what pushes us to marriage, that pushes us to let, let's make this work. Like, I don't care about any of these. Like, I, I'm i just so blind. So I don't care about anything. Let's make this work. But then the second you actually have a ring on your finger and you're actually talking about real things, you're like, oh, God, man, this is this is not going well. And I've seen it. I've seen it. I'm, I'm honestly saying it. I remember these five particular <laughs> girls because they got together at the same time John and I got together. So it freaked me out. I'm like, oh, my God, John. And I remember saying this to John, like, when is it our turn to break up? Like it was just one after the other after the other. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, they were together for five years. They were together for two years. They were together. But they were so public the entire time. So you'll you you might think it's hard if you're so socially involved. But again, you and your husband, it's gonna be you and your husband. It's not gonna be you, your husband, your best friend, your mom's and her mom's mom, and like. And, like, all these social, like, connections, it's poison. I, I honestly believe it's poison to a, to a growing relationship. Like, keep it as simple as possible. Like, don't get me wrong. I had two of my closest friends who knew, but how much did they know? Very little. Very, very little. It's It wasn't a, a point of conversation. It wasn't... Uh, oh, girls, I really want you to meet him because if you don't like him, then, you know, this is over between me and John. No, this it, it, this is not about their relationship with your significant other. It's about your relationship with your significant other. So it really is a, a mind shift, but I really hope more and more people do take it more seriously to The time that you're getting to know each other, get to know each other, not get to know him and his best friend and, you know, all these other things involved
2: with him i just want to ask like a follow-up to that like what do you think is kind of a good way to ask for help for external help basically when you feel like you both are at a point where you need like a third party and maybe you don't want to like maybe you don't want to get abuna involved like every single time or Mm should you what's your like opinion on that like maybe would you get a friend involved at that point or no just to get advice depends what you're talking about but
1: honestly if you're talking about can you give me an example because my, my straight answer to that is you definitely never get a friend involved between you and your significant other. That's just...
2: Then I think that like, answers it because I meant more of like yeah. little things, like things that you wouldn't think are big enough to like go to like a, an adult, but at the same time you like need to just like talk to someone about. But I guess, yeah, that kind of answers that.
1: Yeah, just be mindful of that. I'm, I'll never forget in university, this guy named Matthew, he was not Egyptian, but he was a really good friend of mine. And he kept coming to me about his girlfriend for everything. And at one point I was like, can you stop talking to me about her? Like, God, either break up with her or like, just stop. Like, if you have all these issues with her, go talk to her, like not to me. And you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Like, go and communicate with your significant other. Like, again, I think what's unfortunate for our generation is that we've seen all these movies and we've lived them that we think it, that's the norm but actually when we do that, we actually instill a lot of disrespect. We actually instill a lot lot of trust issues. We actually Mm -hmm. instill a lot of problems. Um, You never know when your friend might come back after a while, be like, oh, I remember when he did this to you. It's like, what? Like, you're taking it out of context. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So be mindful of that. That's not to say, don't seek advice. Who you seek advice from, I really hope, and pray that it's it's someone a lot more mature, you know, older, your parents, if you trust them in that particular level, or I don't know what kind of parents you guys have, that's a different story. But things like that, your father confession, your Sunday school teacher, someone that you know won't hold it against you and mm-hmm. will, will be wise in what they say to you.
0: So are you dispelling the whole sisters before misters? oh god yes <laughs> wow. wow that's sorry i guys. say it as a I'm joke so but not a i feminist. feel like a lot of no that is being a feminist but anyways um <laughs> no i think i think that like i say it as a joke but i think a lot of our listeners are going to be a little bit surprised by that because we think that it's like our our girlfriends before our guy friends or guy anything and no. that means and girlfriend that, and then that before trans- guy friend is one
1: thing yeah yeah girlfriend before your significant other there's whole something different messed game. up here
2: that's a whole different ballgame yeah I guess the fear would be though is that y- you could feel like maybe you don't know if a relationship's gonna last or not and you wouldn't want to like fall off the grid that makes sense yeah and like not talk to some of your friends and then that not work out and then you feel like you're not as close to some people so you just like
1: for sure so again
2: I think so this is like
1: it's a mind shift girls. So I want, I want whoever is single to really think about this. I would hope is that you're, you're, you're again, focusing on my social aspect. We are now thinking of your significant other for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. If you have friends who are like, you know what I know, for example, um, You know, Maria might be in a relationship and the rest of you are really close friends with her. You might know that she's in a relationship with so-and-so, okay? And she will get busy. She has to get busy. She has to pursue that relationship. She has to invest time, right? If for whatever reasons it doesn't work out and they tell you, oh, you've left us for him or you didn't ask us about that, like, what does that say about those friendships? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what does that say about them? Mm -hmm. that they were what jealous like what what's going on and if Maria were the type of person who told her potential significant other like oh I have to make I know I only have x amount of time now uh, but I still have to give my girls you know 90 percent of my time how are you going to ever get to know this guy or Mm -hmm. worse you're going to actually get caught up involving him a lot with your friends and your social circle and you'll never actually get to know him. Hmm.
3: We knew Maria would be the perfect person to <laughs> no, speak about this. <laughs> okay, so Maria, you are you mentioned many times getting to know him. And like one thing I think was so memorable of what you taught us is to be critical thinkers. When when we are being critical thinkers, and as you're going back to the beginning of the talk, you said, um, you know, not going in very kind of head over heels, but thinking with our brains. How do you balance being a critical thinker versus kind of freaking out about getting everything off
0: emotion completely yeah
3: mm. and so maybe what I'm getting at is like what are the red flags that you really have to be critical of versus what are things
1: that you can maybe compromise or maybe let go of it's mm. a really good question i think it, it, it really depends on different people but something I, I i believe truly with my heart and i think a lot of your listeners or maybe even you guys will be like oh she did not just say that I think the biggest thing out there by far for any of you girls um, and for myself, and this was something my, my mom really instilled in me, was that this guy, whoever he is, whatever he does, doesn't matter. I think my mom was the most atypical Egyptian that ever existed. Um, it doesn't matter. If he does not love God, truly love God, forget it don't, that's not something you pursue. Now, what that looks like can be very different from one person to another. Very, very different. But at the end of the day, you can tell. You know, especially if you ask God. And I remember Abuna asking me to make this prayer, and I didn't want to do this prayer because I'm like, I don't want to lose John. But Abuna told me, he's like, no, you have to pray this. You have to truly ask God and tell him, God If John is the right person for me and he loves you, continue to allow things to move on smoothly. If he's not, then please end this. And I had to say that. And I'm telling you, there were a lot of times when I would pray that and I would cry because I'm scared. I'm scared of losing John. But I had to trust that God loves me more than I could possibly love John and that I have to trust that God will give me a godly man. And that's what I want at the end of the day. Girls, you never ever like wanna get stuck in a marriage where you feel miserable. Like that's real, that's a real problem. And if someone loves God, he's gonna respect you. He's going to come back and say sorry. He's going to uh, give you space when you need it and at the same time come and give you comfort and intimacy when you need it. That's someone who loves God. But someone who doesn't have God as a priority in his life, no, that's when you're gonna deal with a lot of a lot of negative behaviors that you're gonna sit there and you're gonna feel trapped in basically the rest of your life. So I think that's the biggest thing. I think if you find anything that throws you off, like you know, where is God in him? Like I I couldn't stand when when guys used to tell me, like, you know what. You know, I'm Christian, but you know, like I'm not hardcore. I'm like, what does that even mean? What do you mean you're not hardcore? Am I hardcore? Like, what are you trying to say? Are you pursuing hardcoreness? Am I ho- like what? I didn't realize that there's like this, you know, uh, this huge like line of if you know you're really into God or you're not into God at all. But I'm right in the middle. Like, what does that even mean? So when we're in a fight, are you going to be really not into God or are you going to be really into God? Like, you know, so it's, I think that's a really big thing. Like if someone who's identifying that God is really not a big part of his life, like, okay, I think that's the biggest flag. Personally, I don't think anything else compares to that flag. And don't be caught up in it. I'm sure Natalie can tell you. When I was younger, I had like my list, my beautiful list. Um, I was going to mention it somewhere. <laughs> this is, got me so many problems growing up, but. I had this beautiful list, and I ended up with someone who's not at all in that list. <laughs> like, it's nothing, and I don't care about that list at all. Like, it's, it's, it's so silly and meaningless. So it, it's the biggest thing is really and truly to see if he loves God and pray about it. And then God will make it evident to you if you're compatible and will make things so smooth that you won't believe how smooth it is.
0: Wow. I love that, Maria. I'm sure it took a lot of strength to pray about that. And I wanted to ask, what are some characteristics that you saw in John that showed that he truly loved God? And I know that you said it's different from person to person. So what are some general characteristics? Yeah, I think for everybody
1: was different. Um, I think the small thing that I saw, like in John that I noticed earlier on is that he would like drive all his like Sunday uh, Sunday school kids home and like, it wouldn't matter to him, that it took him like an hour and a half to like drive everybody else's home. Although he has an exam and whatever, like to me, I always looked at him. I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? Like time management, like I'm the type of person like time management and like who has time for that kind of thing. So when I saw him doing that, I'm like, oh, like this guy really cares about his, his, his youth and his church. Like this is something he's invested in. This is a, like a priority to him. that's like a tiny little thing for somebody else it could be like him like running away from studying like I don't want anyone to take this to be like oh if he does that that makes him an epic guy but like I because I knew John and all the other parts like something like that for me like showed me like oh this is something like he takes for example his service seriously I will never say them being a deacon is epic you know them knowing him's coptic. I don't believe in all of that (laughs) obviously it's great um but Unfortunately, we live in a society nowadays where that could be meaningless, right? Unfortunately, it could be not just meaningless, but it could be a show. And I, 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 I found friends of mine who got really hurt by that show. So don't fall for that. Like, that's not what makes a great guy. If he's a coordinator, if he's an epic Sunday school servant, that's not what makes a great guy. It really is the heart. And it's the small things. Also, like if they care about their family like they actually serve their family i think that to me is probably the best sign that this is a good guy like he actually cares and is serving his own family
0: it's actually so perfect and so funny that you talk about this show because i think in our first maybe it was our first or our second episode of this series where we talked about You know, when we think when we when we have a crush on somebody and we think we found the one uh, and we have all of these butterflies in our stomach. And when we go to kind of justify either to ourselves, to our friends, to Abuna, to whoever it is, it's like, oh, but he he pushes me towards Christ. Like he posts Facebook verses every day and he goes (laughs) to Tazbah. So like, perfect. He loves God. So sometimes we do get caught up in that. So that
2: was so wonderfully coincidental that you said that. I actually have a follow up to Marina's. So, what are questions that you think we should ask? Like, maybe some questions we might feel are a little too invasive at the beginning or like without coming off too strong, but still like getting to know the person. What's. Yeah. So, like, what are the questions and when should we ask them? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but see, if you're not, if you're like, you both like made
1: it clear, like, okay, I want to see where this goes, everything's fair game. I feel like John and I, when we went on dates, it was just like, Q&A, and and a But it was like fun. We obviously had a ton of fun. Like, I don't want you guys to think like John and I were like these two serious people dating and like, you know, undercover. And, but like John and I asked like intense questions pretty early just because it's, I actually think it's so much better to have these types of conversation when there is no pressure. And I remember, I'll never forget when I told my mom like, oh, you know, we talked about I forgot what. And then she's like, Maria, you know, you can't tell him that you think that. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, of course I can. And she's like, no, that like, he might misunderstand or he might uh, like think that, I, I, f- I wish I remember the example, but she basically was discouraging me from saying my opinion to him about a, a, a subject. And she's like, you're not even in that situation. Why would you t- ask him? Oh, I was like, oh, uh, what if I can't have kids or what if or something like that? And uh, I'm like, mom, I'm like, no, this is important for us to have these types of conversations. And that's okay for us to have these Conversations in a healthy way. So ask, ask away. Like, what do you do when you're angry? What does, when you're angry, what does it look like? What gets you angry? Like, there's nothing wrong with asking that. And ask it like as early or as I hope not late, but the earlier on you ask these types of questions, you'll actually find yourself getting into deeper, more meaningful conversations. Or else at the beginning, you're both just going to be staring into your both beautiful eyes and nothing's going to happen. Ask about finances. How do you spend your money? You know, like, how what does that look like? What's your relationship with your parents? What's
0: your relationship with your siblings? What does that look
1: like?
2: Wow. So it's
0: funny. It's funny that you say that because I feel like a lot of the discussions we've had have been like, you have to observe him when he's angry. You have to observe him in the times that he's upset. But we've never. Well, I have never actually thought of just asking him, like, what are you like when you're angry? So it kind of makes me feel like sometimes we play a game with ourselves too where it's like, we just always have to kind of be on the lookout, but not really tell him that that's what we're looking for. We just want to see him in action. So I guess that kind of like, answer me this, how do do we not play games? And for girls, that's like a thing. How do we not play games? And how do we be straight? How can we be straightforward with our feelings, avoiding the mouse and cat? Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of a believer in that.
1: Um, But (laughs) not a believer in that fully. Um, This is gonna be a twisted episode, I could tell. Um, No, what I believe in is wisdom. I don't call it playing games. I call it wisdom, okay? There's a completely different, um, it's nicer when you say wisdom. I think girls need to learn in general. It's our beauty, it's our curse, and it's our blessing is that we are very emotional people. Yanni, if it were up to me in my first like two dates with John, I would have told him, I love you. Like, Yanni, if I'm going to be so forward with my feelings and my emotions and stuff like that, Um, I would have petrified the guy from the beginning, and we wouldn't be married now. Um, Is that me playing a game with him, or is that me being wise with, you know what, there's a lot of emotion going on, a lot of things still need to settle down, and that's when you have to start, you know, emotional intelligence. You have to start really thinking to yourself, like, no, this is something I need to continue to process on my own. Uh, before I, you know, blurted out to him. Um, and Natalie, you, to a point that you're saying, you observing him in action, is not playing games. It's you just getting to know somebody, right? Um, it's not playing a game when you're now thinking, this guy is going to be, you know, my partner for the rest of my life. That's not playing a game. This is, but I hope, I hope no one out there does purposeful uh, situations and like, I hate when I see girls do this. Like I texted this to him because I wanted to see what he would say. Like, what is this, a TV show that I think is so, can be very immature. And it's actually very disrespectful, very disrespectful. And again, what are you building the relationship on trust or not? Because if that's how you're going to approach it, then it's not trust. That's the playing of games that I think is, is not appropriate, but wisdom and being wise. When you say things, being wise with what you observe, what you, what you let go, that's wisdom. That's not playing games. That's you learning about yourself and learning about them.
0: So from what we've noticed on this podcast is we have girls on both ends of the spectrum. Ones that either completely lead with their heart, not at all with their head or mostly not with their head and, 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 the opposite people who lead completely with like logically and block out emotion completely but in a relationship you were saying in the beginning you were talking about you know john and seeing some weaknesses in him but it was okay like you could compromise on some of those things so for the girl and the listener who is completely leads with her heart how does she manage something like that when she gets into a relationship without feeling like she's just head over heels and like love blinders are on or the listener who's who leads completely with their head and has to manage the thought of okay is this like an actual weakness or am I just being too logical and this this is something that could actually be negligible and I'm just crossing it out from the beginning
1: great question I think um the the mind people might hate me um But I think we as women, especially again, not just Egyptian immigrant women, we too often have this running list and we are too involved with too many people or too many people are too involved in our life that Actually, a lot of the things that we look at this person, we think, oh my God, what is this person going to say? What is this person going to say? And we're, we're actually preoccupied with all these other people um, and what they're going to think of this downfall. And I think what we need to do is we actually need to learn from not the person who leads with her heart or the person that leads with her mind, but I, I, I want us to learn from the person who leads with prayer. We need to truly, and I, I really pray, I wish that all girls, do this um, and guys obviously but we need to stop thinking emotionally or not and we need to run to God and be like God is this guy in the plans from you yes or no and continue go to God he's our father he's the one who knows what tomorrow is right Um, he knows not us and only he can help and I hate to say this because I think it's going to freak a lot of you out because I remember saying this to my best friend before, right before she got married. She's like, you are the worst friend ever. <laughs> um, but weaknesses that you see in a guy as a friend might not be at all the weaknesses he actually has as a husband. It, it might be a completely different ballgame. And same thing with you. Weaknesses that you have now might be completely different than the weaknesses that you'll have in marriage just like the strengths that you have now might be very very different than the strengths that you'll have in marriage and i don't mean to say that to to scare anybody or to make everyone be like okay let me not think at all or let me not get involved at all emotionally but it really speaks to the fact that we really we don't know and we need to go to god and, and be mindful and pray and be like, God, like, is this from you or not? I, I hate it, girls. I hate it when I see let really good guys go. Like, the guy would be pursuing her, and he's a good guy. Like, I would think he's a really good guy. And, you know, the girl's like, no, he's just not my type. What, what, what does that even mean? Or I see the girls who run after guys and are so beyond desperate. Like, why? Why these two extremes? And that's where we are. And especially it's, I don't want to say one girl's prideful versus one girl's, you know, doesn't think too much of herself. Like, that's a whole different psychology. But I think we need to step back and really stop getting so preoccupied with, is this a red flag? Is this not a red flag? Is this, is he going to fit in with me or not? And I think we need to go to God. We need to pray about it. We need to give give it a chance, be open to it, and let God be the one to turn things down or to let things go forward. Like we have to have a little faith. Yanni, yeah, if we're going to have faith in anything in our in our life, I think it needs to be in who we're going to end up marrying because only God knows, like truly only God knows. I, I I have seen way too many girls turn down really good guys for the dumbest reasons that I've ever heard of in my life. Can you can Sorry. you tell us what some of those reasons are? Um, I don't know that he's not like maybe the best looking, or he's not as tall as they wanted him to be, or <laughs> like we laugh at it, but we've all fell into that. Like oh, like we've he's all had in my our friend lists. zone. We've all had those silly little like things that like mm, I don't know. Or he kind of you know he's kind of like a fob, or he's kind <sighs> of like. Uh, you know, I get like Hebla, like really silly, silly things that mean nothing in a marriage. Like girls, like I really I wish we started off this podcast just defining what a marriage is. Like this is someone that Go ahead, you're please. <laughs> this is someone that you're gonna be vulnerable with in every aspect of your life. Every aspect like intimacy is not just what you know the world thinks intimacy intimacy is it's intimacy with your thoughts like that's that's how close when god says you become one you literally become one now imagine you're one with somebody that you can't stand why because he's tall and he's a doctor and he has great family good for you like where are we going with this you
2: know what i mean So I have a question. So you're talking more about like, more of like, stop thinking kind of like leave it in God's hand. So I kind of have a question now, like when you're actually in the relationship, advice, honestly, like just anything you being in a relationship can say, like knowing boys, you know, and how to treat them well, what can you say to girls to do better? What would you say to a girl who's maybe never been in a relationship and is scared? Like she doesn't know how to do it well, if that makes sense, like be a good Partner, how to be a good partner as a woman?
1: I think the role for us as girls um, in the beginning of a relationship is again to be real for, to ourselves and to our partner and to set the stage to make our partner comfortable. Just like I would hope the guy is aiming to set the stage to make us comfortable. So it's both. I'm not going to say that one is more than the other like one has to make the other one feel more comfortable but i i think we'll get from the relationship what we put into the relationship so if you're going into this relationship like oh i want him to see like how great i am and how he's so lucky to have me well that's the kind of um reaction we're going to get from him and where how are you guys ever going to be intimate in that you won't you're both way too prideful okay But if you're both going into this, like, I want to make him feel comfortable, I'm not here to judge, um, then he's also going to approach you in that as well. And it's not, I actually love that question, Karen, where you're like, you know, what if we don't have experience? Guys, marriage is not about experience. If you dated 100 guys, you're not going to be any better at dating or marriage than someone who's never dated at all. That's not true. Because it's all about, again, what you're willing to put in. Into this marriage, into this relationship, into your life partner who's going to be a part of you. He's gonna be your arm and leg. What would you do for your arm and leg? You would do anything. So I'm not, I'm not saying you go into this relationship from the beginning and be like, here's my money, here's my this, and give everything off. But be willing at the back of your head and think in the back of your head, like, you know what, this might be that person. So what can I do? I can be very honest. Don't be fake. Don't cover things up. Um, be very respectful. Treat him how you would potentially treat your future husband, and treat him in the way that you would want him to treat you. Because that's also a good way to see a red flag. If here you are trying to be make him more comfortable, and by when I say make him more comfortable, I'm not t- saying like you know run to serve his like hand and feet and everything that he he does. I mean, make him more comfortable in the sense that you're not just like spilling all this information 24 seven, give him space to talk, give him opportunities to share his experiences with you. don't ever come across as judgmental. And if judging is something that you're dealing with, that's something that you talk to your father of confession about. If he shares something with you, um, you know, be open to it, be open to work things out with him, things like that. Like, that's what I mean by make uh, make that other person comfortable because then he's going to repay that to you as well. And I think, like, at the beginning of my relationship or even my friends who are now um, married, like, that was something huge for them, like, I felt comfortable. I felt comfortable talking to him. Or if you speak to, like, my guy friends who are now married, like, you know, I felt really comfortable talking to her. I felt like I could be myself. And a lot of times you'll actually find in relationships that are going well, really well, is that, like, you'll get closer to them than their own parents. You'll know them better than their own parents, although they've been living with their parents for how long? You guys are now getting into this level where you're both very comfortable um, and you're actually talking about things that are a lot more meaningful.
3: Um, just to like piggyback off of that, is there, so of course, as you keep mentioning, we have to get to know them very well and very deeply, but is there a boundary of emotional vulnerability that you maybe shouldn't cross before marriage, just like there is a physical boundary? Or mm-hmm. do you, would you not
1: think so? Oh, for sure. For sure. That's a great question. Um, and I think that's what my father of confession was alluding to when he was like, get off your high horse. Um, and you need to think of this critically. And I think that's why we have to be very wise. And that's where our wisdom comes in. What we say. I really mm-hmm. hope, you know, we're not throwing the I love you, you know, so Sorry. easily. Like that means a lot. Like don't, don't use that lightly and um, be mindful of these things. And if he's using these things very easily with you very early on, that might be a little bit of a red flag, you know, like, why are you so comfortable? I'll never forget when, before I went to grad convention, I was pretty sure I was in fourth year and I was going on the grad convention for the first time. And my brother, he's so funny. He was like, Maria, like he like sat me down and had this like intense talk. And he was like, Maria? Maria? If a guy compliments you within the first five minutes, he's not a good guy. And I'm like, What's <laughs> wrong with this guy? I'm like, who's gonna compliment me? Like, rain. I don't know any of these people. And lo and behold, within <laughs> when I got there, within the first five minutes, this guy compliments me, and I like remember looking at him, and then like a huge X like went across his head, like, okay, no. Apparently, this is not a good guy and when i asked my brother i'm like like why does that make them not a good guy he's like no that means he's like way too like comfortable with that he's way too flirtatious i'm like oh my god i never thought of that i just thought he was being nice you know like he thinks i'm pretty so what like like why is that such a bad thing but it, it these are um, things that we have to be a mi- mindful of and especially when you're coming and talking about emotional intelligence you have to be aware of your own, own emotions and be critical of the things that he says, not in a bad way. I think the problem with the word critical, people assume it's a bad word, but it's actually not. When I when Abuna was telling me to be critical of John, he's not saying analyze him under a microscope to find the bad things. He was telling me to analyze him to see if we fit for marriage. So it's a very, it's a different look. So that's your priorities. But sometimes when we let, if we're not aware of our own emotional intelligence and what makes me feel like giddy or not, then when they say comments that maybe are not appropriate for the, the time that we're in in our relationship, I ignore it. And slowly and slowly, I actually get really attached to this guy, although I've only been dating him for three months. But you know, we already said I love you. He's already held my hand or done more, um, and he's already like lurked inside of me. And some girls, like I'm, so those types of girls who's way too emotional, way too emotional. Um, so I had to be careful. I had to be aware of that about myself and be like, no, I I get attached way too quickly. I believe way too much, and I I wish or I hope. That the person in front of me is the best person so i assume that about them yeah. so the second they start saying anything to me i'm like already like i get my tummy starts like tingling and i start like oh like you know and maybe this will go somewhere i like how he compliments me i like how he looks at me and i get way too involved when nothing even happened and those are the same types of girls that who tend to get hurt really quickly who tend to be like oh my god i think he's really interested in me. And then you find out, you know, a week or two later that he actually just was interested in your friend. And that's why he was being super flirtatious with you, which never made sense to me, but whatever. That's the reality. So we we really do have to be more aware of our own emotional intelligence. What gets you giddy is probably my question. I would ask myself, like, what gets you like, oh, this is so cute. I like this. Be aware of that. So that you keep that in check.
0: Um, I have this question that I've been wanting to ask, and I don't know how to frame it. You were talking about, you know, like when we asked you, how quickly did you ask each other things or reveal things about each other, so on and so forth in the beginning? Um, And you said you kind of like laid it out. You guys were very honest from the get-go, correct?
1: Not about deep things about myself, no. So when I said when I said ask your questions, these are all hypothetical. Okay. questions. From my from the beginning of my relationship, John did not know, like, the intricates of my family, uh, what's going on. No. This is stuff that I hope is private, and only people who, like, grow closer to you will get to know that about you. Again, that, that goes back to that emotional intelligence. What I was referring to when I was saying, ask questions, is hypothetical, like, pure hypothetical questions. Mm-hmm. you'll get to what learn if. a lot about them but they're what if questions they're not they're not my reality
0: right um did you in the beginning w- when you guys were first starting to go out or when you when it, he, it was clear that you guys were trying to pursue each other or whatever like like appearances do we keep them up <laughs> <Is> <laughs> where i'm trying to get at <laughs> but i can't do I have to remain interesting or beautiful, but I don't want to phrase the question like that because it makes the answer sound so like, duh, but <laughs> um, how far did that go? When did you stop caring about how you looked? <laughs> oh God, that's awful. <laughs> no, I'm I joking. I hope never. <laughs> no, um, I'm joking. But I meant like, when 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 did you get that comfortable? I guess. Like if you've been dating yeah. for a while and you're still kind of worried, like, oh, it, I, he can't see me like this. Like I have to Look a certain way. When when do you stop and like reassess and go? Okay, there's something. Wrong
1: yeah, with that. no, I, I yeah, there's something wrong with you. Um, no, that you, you you have to. Don't get me wrong. Like John, unfortunately, saw me at UFT. I think that says enough. Oh, okay. Um, before before there was even anything. Like I'll never forget my sister. whatever one time she saw me dressing up and I was going out with John, and she's like Maria, who cares? Like she saw he saw you when you practically looked like a boy. Like <laughs> what are you doing? Um. I'm a firm believer in um, looking good for yourself. And even Pope Shenouda talked about this. And I, and I won't get into this because I think it could be misunderstood what he said, uh, but I thought it was really, really beautiful what he said is that women, it's in us. It's in us to want to look beautiful. This is something that's, it's, it's innate. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you to want to look beautiful. There's a problem if you feel like, if I don't have a ton of mascara and my hair is absolutely perfect and nobody can see me, then that's something that you have to work on on yourself. Um, Don't put that on your partner. You know what I mean? This is not like your partner's going to leave you or whatever. That's something you have to work on yourself, whether or not you're in a relationship. And I guarantee you, it's most girls who... Are like that generally, they'll never get out of the house without, like, you know, looking absolutely immaculate. Those are probably the girls that will struggle with that type of transition with their husbands um, or with their partner. But I want to really reiterate and say that it's actually very important for us as women to continue to want to look beautiful. Because I think when we stop wanting to look beautiful, um, that's when we actually stop thinking we're beautiful. And that's when our significant other starts feeling we're beautiful because we started losing that belief in ourselves. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. And I agree. We need to feel beautiful from within first, definitely. Um, But in that case, how do we find true confidence in ourselves rather than just basing it off of our appearance?
1: Hmm.
0: I just think when it comes to
1: confidence, I really hope every girl out there who's single, is working on their confidence. Because the worst thing that you can do for yourself and your significant other is depend on a guy for your confidence. Your husband, regardless how perfect he might be, he will have bad days. He will have tough days. You guys will have tough days. Um, And if your confidence depends at all on him, then you will be shaken at your core. So I hope every woman truly works on establishing their confidence on something that's so much more um, stronger and withstands every circumstance. And that's in our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to constantly be like, no, God made me, God made me. And don't get me wrong. This is something hard to do. Like, I had to really think about that the other day. Like, God, what's good about me? I'm this, I'm this, and this. And then I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, I need to stop thinking that way. I need to go to God in humbleness and be like, God, you made me someone who worries a lot. This is something inside of me. God, help me. I want you to help me with this worry. I want you to help me with this type of characteristic that I have. Um, so really going and building your character on him and through him and with him then nobody can take that away from you but if your confidence is dependent uh, and i think unfortunately especially for your generation and younger your confidence is actually unfortunately dependent on your friends and that's why i find girls nowadays it's their confidence are like high one day and very low another day and they're so they they go on so called mood swings because their confidence is based on what their friends are saying about them. So I hope that we all learn to really build our confidence on, on Christ. Because if we if we end up depending on that significant other, I it won't be a good marriage. And it's not fair to him, by the way, to, to put that responsibility on him. He's not perfect. So he
0: can't take that responsibility. So... Let's fast forward a little bit into the relationship. Last question, we'll give you your night back. But if you're ever experiencing conflict in a relationship, how did you find, or how should you find, in general, like a good way to deal with conflict between you and your potential significant other? Um, I
1: think it's a great question. Um, you will find conflict. If you don't, there's a problem. There's a few a few things I want to say about that. First. I want us to be very mindful of how society has impacted what we perceive as a relationship. In movies, if there's a conflict, what's the first thing that we see? Oh, we need a break from each other. Let's both go our separate ways. Let's really think about this and then come back. Personally, I think that that's an awful idea Um, only because Conflict is going to happen in marriage. Are you guys gonna take a break? Conflict will happen all the time. When you have kids, are you gonna take a break? What what is that? And this is why actually one of the great questions that you can ask at the beginning is like, you know how do you wanna deal with conflict? And ask him that. Are you the type of person, I remember asking John this, or he asked me, I don't remember. And he told me, we're so different. He was like, I'm the type of person where, you know, if we get into a conflict, I might need some time to cool off um, and think about it. And then I'll get back to you. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm the type of person, if you left me to cool off, like, (laughs) don't even (laughs) like me. Like, we were so different, but like, thank God we talked about it. So dealing with conflict, talk about first off how you want to deal with it, because it's going to look very different. And it also made me understand that, oh, if John needs space, it's not because he hates me or he's going to break up with me or all these awful ideas that might start running through your head. Um, It just means that's how he deals with conflict and vice versa. I'm the type of person who he needed to know that I cry very easily. Like this is something that happens. Um, He needed to know that. And he needed to know that, okay, what he needs to do to help me through that conflict. And you guys need to communicate. The worst thing that you could do is walk away. I'm not saying you have to hash things out in the moment. No, that's actually very um, not wise at all. What I'm saying is that the aim has to be that we're going to communicate about this. Maybe we need to pray about it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, A few of my friends at that were like, you know what? We're not agreeing on this. We don't know where this is going to lead. We don't know this might be like a breaking point and let's stop and pray about it. And you both sincerely pray, and then come back and have the conversation. And believe me, when I say girls, when you do that, and you both actually sincerely pray, you'd be surprised when you come back how beautiful that conversation will go. But never just step away and be like, okay, let's, you go talk to your friends, and I'll go talk to my friends. Don't make your relationship public. Don't do that to yourself. Like you... Again, I feel like you're discrediting yourself and disrespecting yourself if you make your relationship so public that when there's a conflict, you go and you involve 10 other people. It's just, what's your marriage gonna look like then? If there's a problem in your marriage, are you gonna run to your friends and, and like share that? So something to think about.
0: Thank you so much, Maria, for giving us a part of your night. And this was so amazing. And you gave me personally so much to think about. And we're definitely going to have you back on EEM because...
2: Yeah, absolutely. We
0: miss you, we miss you so definitely. much. I can't even tell you how many times I've referenced your, like, lessons from the fifth grade, dude. Um, Season two, we have this... We're starting this thing that we're trying to keep where we end every episode off on a prayer. So would you finish this off with prayer, please?
1: Okay. In the Father's Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Thank you, dear Lord, for everything that you have gifted us with. Please, dear Lord, guide us, guide our hearts and our minds to you, dear Lord, and teach us, God, to always come to you with everything so that we can deal with every situation with wisdom. And please, God, grant every single girl and guy um, what their heart desires and someone to share uh, a life with your Lord, because there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting that. Bless every step that each person takes, and help us always, your Lord, to come back to you. Through the intercession of all the saints, and St. Saint Mary and Archangel Michael and St. Tecla, here is to Lord, and say with all thanksgiving, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen.
3: If you liked what you heard today, visit our website, emisher.dot.wiksite.com/slash/mysite, for links to the resources used to prepare for these episodes. Have a question? Want to suggest a topic? Write us on our website. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Please keep us in your
2: prayers. God bless.